This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come. All right, welcome into the Conference Championship Edition of the Any Given Saturday College Football Podcast. I am Mark. I'm here with my good friend, Brennan. Hey, how you doing? All right, doing good, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. Been a pretty exciting week for uh, college football and Pac-12 especially. Nah, dude, I love Conference Week. I I think other than college football playoff week, it's one of my favorite weeks. Uh, so, big games to get into. We got the Pac-12 championship, obviously, and the Big Ten championship. But, you know, I mean, I think we'll also touch in on the SEC, touch in on the Big 12 on that game. That was that was pretty actually a pretty decent game. Um, and then we'll talk about the fallout, uh, how I looked like a retard on Twitter earlier. Uh, and uh, I'll just kind of get into it. But I also want to make an announcement really quick uh, right here at the front of the podcast is that we're going to do a special edition tomorrow for the army navy hype week if y'all remember if y'all listen this far about my bet with my wife that i have so i'm very vetted into that game and then uh we're actually going to have a special guest with joseph he's going to be coming in uh he played for west point for a year i don't think he actually suited up but he played in that system and uh, he'll kind of give us an insight into like the ins and outs of army navy week because he was a part of it a lot so be looking forward to that one tomorrow. I'm actually looking forward to recording that one. So Yeah, it should be a good one. Yeah, I've, I've never recorded back-to-back episodes. Usually we have a week in between I get in front of a mic. So tomorrow's going to be it's gonna be fun, man. Can't wait. Yeah, I just got to drink a lot of water tonight. You know, keep that throat nice and uh, wet. <laughs> 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 All right. So um, if I'm not mistaken, you're leaving, aren't you? Yeah, I'll actually be leaving Saturday. So I'll probably be on the road during that game. Going to bumfuck Kansas. Enjoying my time. Yeah, yeah. Got my class schedule and everything set up now. So, What classes are you taking? Uh, so uh, my uh, military uh, academics or whatever, like, you know, we want to call it, I only transferred over to, like, two humanitarian classes. So, yeah. oh, excuse me. So for one of them that gets swapped out with my degree, I had to take intermediate math because I haven't taken math in so long. So it can be kind of a retard doing that. And then uh, – Got some business management classes, like a class. Yeah, it's business what, management class. What math class are you taking? Intermediate math, like <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like the low level math. And then because uh, I that like take, the shit the seniors took during lunch period to walk across. Is that what that is? It's like I, retard math. It's to get you prepped for college algebra, but yeah. So it's not like math one hundred one. It's like math like seven. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's it doesn't count towards credits. Oh my god, dude! But hey, you know, doing what I gotta do, and then um, got like Microsoft introduction into Microsoft Office, and then like English and public speaking. That's not bad. That's not a bad little schedule. No, it's not. But the the thing that sucks is like my management class is like at five in the at five at night. Why? Kansas, I don't know. Dude, it's your schedule. Like, why did you schedule that class? Like, did you just be like, hey, these are the classes I want to take and then blindly no, take so, them like an idiot? So, uh, usually they try to pitch you with aviation classes along with general ed with your degree path. Mm-hmm. But uh, since I've taken the spring semester, not the fall semester starting, uh, a lot of the aviation classes weren't open. And the ones that were, I selected, but they interfered with the other classes too much. So, I would only have like three or four classes. So, I just took those off and then put what I could on for the... Uh, so, how many total classes are you taking? five that's not bad no and most of them are pretty easy so i mean it's just whatever yeah i mean like right before i dropped out of community college i was <laughs> taking five so <laughs> it's it's an easy load american huh weren't you an all-american at uh inner inner city community college no no dude <laughs> I, I tried out for the football team and got cut dude, i was terrible <laughs> in high school <laughs> I was I was not even close to getting a scholarship and then I tried out for JUCO and got cut. I didn't even I think I went on the field one time and the coach was like, Go home and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so then I started smoking weed, so there was always that. Was your team good? Uh the high school team? No, your uh JUCO team. They were JUCO, so no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, they were they were pretty terrible. Actually the the JUCO that I tried out for I ended up transferring over to a different JUCO because they were like better academically when like SEC was like, no, you're not playing for us. I was like, oh, okay. So I went to PVCC in Arizona, by the way. But yeah, it was bad. So anyway, 
uh, enough about me and my depressing ass past and <laughs> why I'm in the army and it's my only path and happiness. Let's get into the Pac-12 championship game. All right, sweet. I was asking you want to get into this. So, um, I had a work Friday, but I recorded it, so I got to watch it. Um, Oregon looked like how they should have looked the whole season. Um, I guess ASU was just a fluke for them in a sense because oh, an absolute fluke. Just a way different. Uh, well, I think, I think the pressure in this game kind of got to Utah in the third quarter. Utah, like. I look at this game. Did you did you watch it? Yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. the game. I was actually yeah because uh, most of the game it's just like Utah just did not prepare at all to come into this game. No, they did. So what I think what happened is is like the first half I was watching the game and I was like, okay, Utah butterflies got to you. Get in the locker room, make adjustments. They came out in the third quarter and Utah looked like what I expected this game to be like. They dominated the third quarter. They won fifteen to three, and then I think. It was within grasp. They were within two points, and then the nerves just got to Utah because Utah knew if they won, they're in the college football playoff, and they're playing more than likely LSU. You know, and a foreshadowing. You know, they're going to play the number one team in the nation. So, I think the nerves got to them, and then Oregon was just like they had nothing to lose. They were they were either playing for they're going to go play in the Holiday Bowl, or they're going to go play in the Rose Bowl, and that's really what it kind of boiled down to. Yeah. Um Oregon's offensive line looked dominant. They they contained that Utah defensive line like it was no other. And, yeah, and that was actually pretty crazy. Um, they got their center back for this game, and uh, he just controlled. Um, oh man, I don't want to murder his name. Hang on here, let me go to the stats. Uh, Leaky uh, Fotu, the big yeah. defensive tackle that Utah has, he just destroyed him. That's why Verdell was able to get so many yards. Yeah, Fotu so Fo only had three tackles. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, Huntley came out and just would look rattled. He didn't look too good. Uh, seventeen and twenty nine, one ninety three, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Zach Moss actually had a really good game, uh, but you didn't get to see it because they lost and they were losing yeah. the whole game. Uh, well, they I, also got overshadowed by Verdell. Verdell ran for two hundred eight yards for three touchdowns. Yeah, but so. I, I think most of his yards came in the second half. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I saw when they were dominating them. I mean, not to say he wasn't dominating the whole game, but like I said, that that Oregon offensive line was just pushing Utah's defensive line like there's no it, other. No, I mean, they're not grinded out yards like you know, like Moss had 19 carries for 113 yards. Verdell had 18 carries for 208. Granted, 70 of those yards came on only one carry, but yeah. Verdell, Oregon controlled this football game from start to finish. Um, Verdell's big run was in the fourth quarter. Uh, kind of sealed the game. They were only up twenty. They they were up twenty three to nineteen when, uh, or twenty three to fifteen. My bet when Verdell made that big run. So that kind of sealed the win. And I, I remember I watched that run and I was just like, okay, it's over. And I ended up turning it off. But yeah, then uh, Herbert fourteen of twenty six, one ninety three, one touchdown. Uh, he he looked good in some instances, and other instances he just kept overthrowing his dudes. Um, I remember I was watching that game. I was watching it with my buddy Adrian, and uh, you know he's he's more of an NFL fan, so he was kind of asking me questions throughout the game about like, hey, who's this? Who's this? And he asked me about Herbert, and he's like, you know, who's this kid? And I was like, well, he he came into the season as the number one quarterback. Like he was supposed to be Oregon was supposed to be a thirteen and no team. They were supposed to be a college football playoff team. And I was like, Herbert just kind of came out, and he has he has days where I watch him, and I'm like, okay, yes, this is the most NFL ready quarterback. And there's nights like in the Pac-12 championship game where I'm like, he's a so-so Pac-12 quarterback. and That's just the way he's been all season, though. Exactly. I mean, like the, the, the biggest thing with him is uh, last year he ran a lot, and this year he has not run very much at all. And I think that's kind of what's uh, hurting him is he's been relied to pass a lot more than he was before, and it just is not looking good for him. Well, I think a lot of it was is what I think the biggest downfall for quarterbacks is is they get away from themselves to try and get ready for the NFL, and I think that's what happened with Herbert. Herbert ran the ball a lot last year. He was a dual-threat quarterback. He was what Oregon wanted, and then this year he wanted to be more of a a pocket presence, and he wanted to be more of like, hey, I can stand in the pocket and deliver the throw. Look at me, NFL, and you know his senior season. That's what you got to do. You got to start making a resume for the league if you want to go on and play in the NFL, but 
I'm not saying he's not going to get drafted, but he's not going to be a first or second round. I think he'll be like somebody that get drafted like New England to go sit on the bench for two years to take over for Tom Brady whenever he leaves or something like that. Uh, I th- I think he he due to the caliber of QBs coming into this draft, I think he is a late first if not early second. Um, if he falls past that, then I mean I think it's just going to be kind of weird. But I think that if he has the right uh, kind of system, not system, but like coaching to go with him. I think he'd be a lot better, but yeah, I, I don't. I, I see him more as a second rounder than I do a first rounder. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think that Joe Burrow has pretty much submitted that slot as the number one. Uh, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagliova. Uh, There's rumors that Tua might come back next year too. So I mean, we'll see. No, nah, no, nah, he. Tua already said he's done. He already uh, Alabama already thanked him for being there. They put out that big video on Twitter. It was like, "Thanks for all you've done, Tua, and all this." Like, Tua's done. He's he's going to the league. He has to. I told you Twitter was a lot better than now. Twitter is amazing. I've been on Twitter like, dude. I find myself like, I have some doubts. Just going a hole. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I just get stuck on Twitter. Yeah. It's like everybody tweets everything, and exactly. then Facebook picks it up, and they're like, oh, this is what he just tweeted. This is what he just tweeted. So yeah, like Twitter is, Twitter's dope. But yeah. I mean, this whole game knocked Utah out of the the college football playoff. Like it was no question they're done. Um, yeah, we're gonna actually move up to uh, number six in the final rankings, and I think Utah's number eleven. So yeah, yeah, they're done. Uh, it, it sucks because they were they were in, you know. With uh, if Georgia they would have won, dominant. they were in. Oh well, yeah. yeah, Georgia. Everyone knew Georgia was gonna get dominated. God damn, these headphones suck. <laughs> um, everyone knew Georgia was gonna get dominated. Um, so sucks for Utah. It's a good season. It's definitely something that they'll write home about, and it's a season that I think a lot of Utah Utes are going to remember for a very long time. That, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's arguably the second. It could have been the best season Utah ever had, but it's the second best after Urban Meyer's uh, 04 run. Mm-hmm. 04, I think it's 04 or five run that he had. Uh, yeah, they were uh, undefeated. Yeah, good for them. I mean, this is what they came to the Pac-12 to do. They came to the Pac-12, you know, after Urban Meyer coached them up and. They come over to the Pac-12 to compete, so they did it, and it'd be interesting to see how they are next year. Um, I think they're going to drop off pretty bad next year because a lot of their key players are seniors. Well, Huntley's leaving. Is I think Moss is a senior Ma- too. Yeah, Moss is a senior. Uh, uh, Bradley and is a senior. Yep. Uh, the whole defensive line is seniors, and then so it's kind of like a do or die season for them. Yeah, pretty much. They're mostly most of them are seniors, like I said. Uh, and Utah is one of those teams where they they don't have very much star talent. They're all about coaching them up. So they do the whole redshirt the freshmen, let them come, let them get those two years to uh, practice, get into the yep. system and everything. And so I think that's gonna be the biggest downfall for Utah. But I mean, we'll see. Kyle Winningham's a pretty good coach. We'll see how it comes out for them. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a huge drop off for them next year. I, I think you're right, man. I'm I'm sitting here and I'm clicking on uh, all these dudes that are like big players you know leading on they're all seniors like they're yeah, losing their then, entire then, uh, team yeah and then blackman the uh the safety they have i think he's a junior but he's declaring for the draft if i remember correctly so it's, yeah it's, it's gonna be a uh, no blackman's a senior oh uh, yeah well he's going to the draft so yeah, yeah like for, all these dudes are senior like i haven't clicked on one dude yet that's not a senior i told you i think uh keithy the tight end he's an all-star might not be a senior but he is just a beast but let me see no, now I'm, now I'm curious. Keithy, let's see. It's like K U I T H E. Sophomore. Okay, yeah. So he's actually really good. He's a really good tight end. Yeah. So all right. it'll be interesting to see how Utah does next year. Uh, we'll get in that in like a, another episode when we do predictions or whatever. Because we'll go yeah. down a rabbit hole. So now uh, we're yeah. going. Yeah, we could definitely go down in a rabbit hole. But uh, the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, so I actually um, worked last night too. So I had to record this one. And. I'm, if you watch the first half, you think that Wisconsin was going to absolutely dominate this game, yep. and then the second half starts and twenty-seven State, to nothing. Ohio State just comes out and dominates. Ohio State. <clears throat> um, so I was coming back from the parade, uh, Festival of Lights parade downtown, um, and we had just got back on post, and I saw a a tweet about it was like, who would have thunk it? And it was the score. It was it was twenty one to seven. And I I showed my wife. I was like, "Holy shit!" And she was like, "No way!" From the time that we went from the golf course, which is like two minutes down the road, 
to here, I walked in the front door and it was like Ohio State had already put up 10 points and it was only five minutes into the third quarter. And I was like, yeah, within a minute, there they are. scored a touchdown. Yeah, I was like, there they are. Yeah, it's, Ohio State's a dominant football team. Wisconsin came to play and this is what's going to happen in the college football playoff. Teams are going to come to play. Clemson's going to come to play. And I think it was a good game for Ohio State because they were down. They went into the locker room down by two scores, and it showed that they had the resilience to come back and fight back in the second half. So I think it was a good learning experience for Ohio State, and I think all it did was just show me personally and kind of cement my idea that Ohio State is the best team in the nation. I don't care what the college football playoff says. I don't care what that fuckhead over there at ESPN says. Ohio State is the best team in the nation. Absolutely, hands down, 100%. I don't know. After watching LSU, it'd be kind of hard to... They played Georgia. Ohio State would steamroll Georgia. We both know that. Okay, I'm just saying LSU's team. I, I don't know. I, I Joe Burrow's good. LSU's, I'm not saying LSU's garbage, but what I'm saying is Ohio State is a good football team. We'll, we'll get in. All right, let's, let's get into this game. We'll get into... Give us 20 minutes, and let's get into the college football playoff. All right, so Ohio State, Justin Fields, 19-31, 299 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, dominant, and 33 carries, 172 yards for a touchdown. Opposed to Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, 20 catches for 148 yards for a touchdown. So Jonathan Taylor comes into this game, hailed as the greatest running back in college football, and he's not even the best running back in his conference title game. So... Well, to be to be fair, John be Taylor fair, is the yeah. first rushing back uh, running back that has gone over 100 yards against this Ohio State defense. Okay, J.K. Dobbins. I'm not saying that J- I think J.K. Dobbins is one of the best. I but I think after last night, after watching uh, the Big Ten championship game, I've been a big Jonathan Taylor fan. Uh, I love Jonathan Taylor. I wish he'd come back for his senior season. It's not happening, but I wish he would. Um, just to see the kind of records he would set, but. Jonathan Taylor definitely got overshadowed by J.K. Dobbins. And if you take away the one carry of 45 yards that he had, then you're talking about he barely broke 100 yards um, in a conference title game. I don't care what defense you're playing. If you're going to be the greatest running back in college football, then there should be no question about who's the better running back on the field when J.K. Dobbins is overshadowing you. Like Ohio State ran this football. J.K. Dobbins carried it 33 times. Ohio State ran a lot of offensive plays, but uh, 33 carries for a running back and to put up 172 yards, like you, you got to give him the nod. He's the best. He he was the better running back on the field that night. Ohio State was a better football team. Uh, and then I think one thing that gets overlooked for sure in this game is Jack Cohn. He uh, looks absolutely amazing for he did a, look good. a Wisconsin quarterback. Uh, Didn't throw him, any touchdowns, but he ran good. for him. He had, he had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, then uh, – yeah. Him and Cephas, though, are just an absolute dynamic duo. Uh, it was fun to watch those two, even though they lost. Even watch those two go down the field and just watch yeah. the fight that Jack Cohn has. Um, yeah. Just an awesome game. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, showed his uh, – kind of showed his immaturity, um, his youngness. I mean, he's only a sophomore, and as dominant as he's looked all year, he lost a fumble, so he turned the football over. Yeah, he turned uh, over in the red zone too. He's, he was, yeah. uh, it was, it was, it was within the ten yard line. Yeah, yeah, he uh, definitely showed his his age in this football game. Um, he looks good. He looks decent. He's also playing with a sprained MCL. Yeah, twelve carries for a yard. I mean, that'll. I think that shows it right there with how dominant he's been on the ground all year, and then only get a yard. But I mean, Ohio State comes out with the win, so. Hopefully he'll have some time going into the college football playoff uh, before they play Clemson and kind of get that ACL ready because as good as this Ohio State team is, MCL, they're MCL. They're going to need everything they got because they're uh, they're going up against a Clemson football team um, and that has a lot of uh, hatred on its back right now because it's being overlooked like a mother trucker. Yeah, so, so. let's let's get into that. Um, so Clemson played. Let me see. Sorry, I, I they don't. They played really, Virginia. Yeah, I don't really pay attention to the ACC. So yeah, they played Virginia, beat them sixty-two to seventeen, um, 
Actually, my favorite quarterback in the NCAA, Trevor Lawrence, 16-22, 302 yards for four touchdowns. And then he was pulled out and his backup. So this is what makes me think Clemson ain't going nowhere, no time soon. Uh, I don't know. You have, you have the full names. What's his first name? Uh, C. Bryce. What's, what's his first name? Uh, Chase. Chase, Chase Bryce, 5-7, 106 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, you had a running back, Etienne. Etienne. I don't know. It's not any of their uh, regular starters. It doesn't look like. Uh, fourteen carries, one hundred fourteen yards for a touchdown. Uh, Dixon had eight carries, forty-seven yards. Uh, Higgins had nine catches, one hundred eighty-two yards for three touchdowns. Ross had a touchdown catch, had an, excuse me, ninety-four yards on the ground or through the air. Um. Actually, fun fact: uh, Clemson and Oklahoma are tied for most consecutive conference titles. Yeah, they both have five straight. Yep, yep. So Clemson kind of walked through their season, walked through their championship game, sixty-two to seventeen. So you know they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder, being ranked third in the nation, not only being the defending national champion, but also with the third lowest chances per FBI. So this isn't just somebody coming up with these numbers. This is statistically who's the better football team. And LSU has 29% chance. Ohio State has 35% chance. Clemson has 28% chance. And Oklahoma has a 9% chance. So you're the defending national champion. You have the same, basically the same team as you had last year, minus a couple defensive tackles and a couple defensive uh, defense. Mainly they lost their defense. Yeah, they lost a good amount of their defense, but they've definitely backfilled it with some good good players that you're third to win the national championship. Like, if I feel like he, they should have more respect. I think they should have been the number one team in the nation all year until they proved they weren't because they won the national championship. They blew Alabama out. They outplayed them for all four quarters last year. So it'd be a good one. Um, and then our – Number four team in the college football playoff, Oklahoma. Absolutely fantastic game. Did you get to kind of peep yeah, this I game watched, at all? I, <clears throat> I watched it. It was pretty good. Yeah, the Big 12. I thought Baylor was going to come out at the end. Yeah, the but. Big 12 championship game, really good football game. Went into overtime. Oklahoma ended up winning 30-23. to 23. Uh, Jalen Hurts looked really good. Um, he was 17-24, 287 yards for a touchdown with a pick. Um not really much of a ground game. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Stevenson, and Brooks all kind of 59, 48, 38, respectively. Um, Lamb, who is over the past few weeks, I have, have kind of cemented himself at the top of wide receivers in, in the NCAA. Eight catches, 173 yards. So Oklahoma's kind yeah, of coming he's, in. He's a finance, finalist for the uh, Blitnikoff reward. It's him, uh, Pittman from USC, and then uh, – Jamar Chase from LSU. Those are the three finalists for the Blednikoff. That's why I receive the nation. Yeah, so <laughs> Oklahoma's coming into this game riding high. They beat Baylor twice. Uh, Baylor was ranked, what, fifth when they got beat the first time, and now they're ranked seventh this time? No, so. I don't think they're ranked that high. Or sixth? They were up there. They were probably like eight or nine, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, they were ranked eighth. Because the fifth spot's always been uh, an SEC uh, team. Yeah, so Baylor, I mean, Oklahoma, their one loss, uh, that Kansas State game, um, your future alma mater, if you can graduate. Um, so there's that. And then the SEC championship game, uh, 37-10 Georgia, or LSU. So there's that. All right, yeah, so. I, I think I think LSU is going to blow out Oklahoma. It's not even going to be a contest. It's no, The, the it game is. will be over by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, I, th- I think that LSU – after watching that SEC championship, has the best cornerback in the nation with that freshman. I can't think of his name. I got to go to the uh – Yeah, go find out his name. But what I'll say about the SEC championship game is uh, Georgia looked like a bunch of puppies. They weren't the dogs. I mean, they they got absolutely – Jake Fromm's not that good. I just I no, don't understand. absolutely like, not. I don't know how you let Justin Fields or walk Jacob away. Go. Jacob Eason, like, uh, he's underrated because of uh, the season he had at Washington. But – he has a great arm, something way better than than Jake Fromm. I, I and we argued this for a while. I don't understand how you let him go. Just terribly ran. So, uh, what the hell? So the oh Stingley, Stingley. Derek Stingley Jr. 
Yeah. Two interceptions this game against Jake Fromm. He's, I think he's probably the best cornerback in the nation, and he's only a freshman. So, All right, so let's get into it, and then uh, we'll kind of get into some news. So let's get into this is probably going to be our last big podcast, uh, aside from next week, that we do. A bowl uh, week. Yeah, well, I, I kind of figured that, you know, we'd kind of talk about bowl week here and there, and it's going to be hard to schedule because we're going to be across the nation from each other. But let's kind of get this on record about the college football playoffs. So we got number one, LSU, number four, Oklahoma, number three, Clemson, and number two, Ohio State. So we got Clemson and LSU in the Allstate Sugar Bowl down in there in the Mercedes Superdome. Who are you taking in that game? LSU. How many points are you giving them? Uh, Oklahoma actually has a pretty good defense, uh, but Georgia had a really good defense. I'd probably give LSU above 40 and Oklahoma maybe 21. So you, you put about a 20-point spread on it? Yeah, about 20 points. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take LSU, but I'm only giving them ten points. I think it's gonna be a closer game than people think. Um, LSU definitely has a geographical advantage being in the southeast, being in just being in uh, the Superdome down there in New Orleans. But uh, yeah, they just played there. Oh no, they didn't. They played at the uh, Mer- the. Uh, they played in Hopkins. Atlanta. Yeah, the Mercedes-Benz yeah. Stadium or whatever it is. There's two Mercedes-Benz. So there's a Mercedes-Benz oh, Superdome, and then there's a Mercedes-Benz. Call you, I don't even know what they call it down there in Atlanta, that new stadium they just built for the Falcons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, they're playing down there in the Superdome uh, in the Sugar Bowl. So I'm, I'm taking LSU. I'm only giving them 10 points. I think Oklahoma, um, they've been there before. They've been there the last three years. So they, they know, the, they know the, the stakes. They know what to expect. And uh, Lincoln Riley, he has a good team down there, but I don't think it's enough to beat LSU. So... Moving on, I think the game everyone's excited for when it comes to that weekend is Clemson-Ohio State. They're going to be playing in uh, Tempe, Arizona – or not in Tempe, in uh, Glendale, Arizona, in State Farm Stadium, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State-Clemson. Who are you taking? Ohio State. And it's going to be a – I say Ohio State wins by a touchdown or less. I think uh, I think Ohio State wins as well, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Ohio State two touchdowns. Clemson hasn't seen a team. They haven't seen uh, – Clemson hasn't seen an offense like this. I think uh, with all those defensive players they lost to the draft last year, they're going to come into Ohio State, and they've been playing ACC teams all year, that they're going to see that Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, and it's it's just going to be too overwhelming. I think it's going to be close to the first half, and in the second half they just pull away just like they did against Wisconsin. I just I think Dabo Swinney is a great coach, an elite coach, and I, I think he's going to have his guys ready regardless of who he has. Uh, this is Ryan's day. Ryan Day's pretty much first big game on his own, or first big uh, playoff on his own. So I mean, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see who comes out and uh, who shows up to that game. But like I said, I just Ohio State's too complete of a football team. Uh, so that that'll sets up LSU Oklahoma. We agree, or uh, LSU Ohio State. We agree on that. Uh, so. National championship game. Who are you taking? LSU, Ohio State. The the game everybody's been wanting to watch all year. I, I think they're both elite teams, without a doubt. I think they both have awesome coaches and coaching staffs. But Coach O was a USC coach. Coach under Her- uh, not Harold, um, Pete Carroll back in the day. And then uh, actually was an interim coach and got let go because USC's administration is ass. And so I think almost every USC fan is rooting for LSU because they can't root for USC anymore because they don't give a shit about the fans. So I think uh, I'm going to go Coach Orjon and LSU, even though I think Ohio State is an awesome team and a complete team. I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think it's going to be a very close game. So I'm going the opposite. I'm going to Ohio State. I'm going to Ohio State big. I'm taking Ohio State by a touchdown. Um, That's not big then. That's just a Against LSU, that's big. Uh, I'm saying a touchdown at the very least. I mean, they could end up going by two touchdowns, but I'm not willing to give it, that line. I think I think it's going to be – I think there's going to be above 30 points scored on each team, but it's going to be within a touchdown. I don't think so. Ohio State uh, – well, no, Ohio State has not given up more than 21 points all year. That's fine. 
They have not given up more than 21 points, and they've I'm played, it's, they've it's played gonna... some teams. They've played some offensive juggernauts. LSU, what happened last time they played an offensive juggernaut? They went up against a soft offense against Alabama and outscored them. They have not been they, – they, they went up against Georgia's defense, put up 37 points. Ohio State puts up perennially 34, 35, 50, 40-some points on these good teams. Ohio State has a better defense. They have the best defense that LSU is going to see all year. Ohio State's defense is way better than Georgia's defense, way better than Alabama's defense. No. Ohio State's going to beat them by a touchdown or more. And it's, I don't think it's more than a touchdown. I I think I think LSU I think LSU's offense. LSU has a great team. offense, but Ohio State has a better defense. Defense wins championships. Ohio State wins. LSU maybe puts up 24. I think they put up more nah, they're points. They're putting up way more than that. I don't think so. I think they. I think the. I think the ceiling for LSU's offense is twenty four points. No, they've been scoring high on almost every game they played. They haven't played a defense like Ohio State though. Ohio okay, State's defense I get, is I get ridiculously that, but they're still good. playing top defenses, regardless of what you think about the team. The, the defenses are still highly ranked that they're playing. Yeah, because they're playing soft ass teams in the SEC, and they're okay, playing FCS that. teams. Ohio State has been playing Big Ten. Wisconsin had one of the best defenses all year. And they put up 34 points on them. Ohio State also played the number one defense in the nation. Who is it? Tell me who the number one defense in the nation is. Please. Uh, I'd have to look at the stats, but I think it's Michigan it, State. You know how many points they, Michigan yes, State's when they went stop. up against when when Ohio State went up against Michigan State, Michigan State had the up. number one defense in the nation in points allowed and yards allowed, and they put up 34 points on them. Wasn't even close. Michigan State has never been the number one defense. J.K. Dobbins went for 172 yards on them. Uh, let me go. Now you're going to be looking this me, up. Yeah. But defense in NCAA football. Because Ohio State's been the number one for a while. Let me see. So... There's no way you're going to tell me that. Michigan State, that's barely six wins, is the number one defense. Let's see here. All right. Well, that didn't tell me anything. All right, so number one rushing defense in 2019. Dude, this site sucks. Are you on sports reference? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I gave up. It's not, it's not Michigan State, though. Michigan State. No, Michigan, uh, that was like a big deal. is because like Michigan State was losing football games. but they, they, had, they, they It's usually what every announcer says. It's like, oh, it's one of the top defenses. Like, it's just how it works. But it's, there's no way you're going to tell me that Michigan State had – Mm-hmm. Michigan State's defense was good, dude. I'm telling you, I promise you. I promise you. They were good. Really good defense. Michigan State. I, I can be backed up. I just got to look up the stats. I promise you. They put up 34 points on them. You know who else had a good defense? Wisconsin. They put up 38 and 34 on them. You know who else had a good defense? Penn State. They put up 28. You know who else had a good defense? Michigan. They put up 56 on them. You know who else had a good defense? Believe it or not, Nebraska. They put up 48 on them. You're, you're not going to sit here and tell me that Ohio State doesn't have an offense that can hang with you. And you're not going to sit has here. Clemson number one defense. Who? Clemson. Clemson had the number one defense. It goes for total points. It goes Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, San Diego State, Iowa, Utah. And then we'll go into. So just remember that points is Clemson. Uh, yards allowed. Clemson. Then Ohio State. Are you on NCAA.com? I am on ESPN. Ah, okay. Michigan State is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, yeah, so so they, not, they dropped not off. The top defense. They dropped off. Let me see. Let me go to their 
So Michigan State. Anyway, we can go down a rabbit hole here, but what I'm saying is Michigan State had an elite defense. You can say what they want about their schedule and like how they ended up in the season at six and six. Um, so Clemson is number one in every category except for rushing defense. Yeah, going in, going into that Ohio State game, they were they hadn't allowed more than seventeen points until they faced Indiana, who ended up putting up thirty one on them, and then they just got steamrolled by Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. And then they lost a close one to Illinois. So, I mean, it's a good defense. And they literally just sat there and blew them out. So, what I'm saying is Ohio State can score on anybody. If, if you go look at Ohio State's schedule. I didn't say they can't score on anybody. I'm just saying that it's going to be a shootout, but it's going to be a close game. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. That, that's what it's I'm trying to get at. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think that Clemson's going to try and make it a shootout, but they're not going to be able to score on the defense. I didn't say defense. Clemson. I said uh, LSU. We're not talking about Clemson. Oh, it doesn't. Either team, LSU is going to try and make it a shootout because they don't have a defense. And it's not going to happen. That Ohio State defense is going to shut them down. So I think Ohio State's going to steamroll them their way. And it's something that you and I have talked about that we hope that they play two SEC teams so we can shut up that SEC bias. And that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I know is going to happen this year. I think if it was Georgia, then yeah, they blow them out. But I think with LSU, it's just it, LSU is too strong of an offensive team, and it, I don't I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like it just it's going to be a good game regardless. But I don't see them winning by more than a touchdown, maybe a field goal, so ten points. But other than that, I don't see them much higher than that. You know what? Just just to really stand firm behind me, thirteen points, Ohio State wins by. All right. And I think that's the floor on that one. So I mean, we're not going to be able to know that score for a while, but I mean, hopefully it works out how it's supposed to. January 13th. Yeah. So uh, now we'll go into. Yeah, what, 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 you texted me about news, like look up Big Ten coaching. There's no Big Ten coaching news other than, no, that's it. There, there really about, isn't any the big North, news. What about the Northwestern spot? Uh, I, there hasn't been anything said so far. I looked no. up on I looked it up on Twitter. Unless you know something and you were just trying to catch me with my pants down. No, I just wanted you to look it up because I actually look up the Pac-12 news. So I go into the other twenty-four-seven boards and look and see what's going on. Uh, so now we're going to since you get to look up yours because you're prepared what Northwestern. Well. Yeah, they're missing. They don't have any candidates for the OC slash QB job. Nah, not that I see. The only thing popping up right now is Pat Fitzgerald and uh, Mike McCall's not coming back. Let's see. Let's see. Mike Bajikian. Oh, there it is. Northwestern football to hire Mike. Dude, I'm going to fucking destroy this name. Baja Kayan. Where's he coming from? Let's see. Uh, Boston College, OC. Okay. A lot of turmoil all over there since their head coach got fired. So. He was a quarterback's coach for Tampa Bay. They finished 6-6. Oh, six six. Um, Boston College fired their head coach, so obviously he was out of a job. And yep, then Northwestern picked him up. That, I right. mean, Boston College had a good offense. They were averaging 309 points. Or 300 point <laughs> <laughs> 30.9 <laughs> points and 451 Years per game. Good article. <laughs> the Daily Northwestern. <laughs> Yards per game. No, I'm serious. It says years per game. Uh, uh, other other news, too. They just uh, had Greg Shiano's press conference. I don't know if you, if you watched that. I retweeted nah. it on our Twitter. But, man, it gets you pumped up. I, oh, yeah, you're the one who said, like, you'd yeah. run through a wall for that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freaking awesome. If you get a chance, you should watch that. It's awesome. He, well, good news. If you want to play football, you could probably go play at Rutgers because that's how terrible they are. I'm telling you, give give him three to four years. It's they be might a be program. a six win team, yeah. I think he'd be a six win team, not this not this upcoming year, but the year after. Maybe. He's, he's I, I just think he's a really good coach. I think he's gonna be. Just go marry the good. guy. Just go I marry. Him. If I could, no, he's just a God. true New Jersey dude. Like I don't know how to explain. Like just. Does he have like the, the big cut in his hair, and he has like the he's spray the, tan? He's got the gap tooth and everything. The, the gap tooth. Yeah. And he, he coached under, like I said, he coached under Paterno and uh, Meyer, was defensive coordinator for Meyer. Yeah. Uh, and then was just, I mean, I don't know. It's just a feel-good story. So, I mean, going back home, 
to where he belongs and where he succeeded. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, a yeah, great way to stay in shape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what news you got out of the Pac-12, man? I got a lot. So big, a couple of big things. I think the biggest thing, though, is uh, Chris Peterson steps away, take an administrative role, and uh, as he said, regroup and uh, – I can't remember what the other word is. Like regroup and re-energize. There we go. So uh, they, the defensive coordinator we talked about last week, Jimmy Lake, is now the head coach. So it's pretty much Peterson stepped away, and then within like a few minutes, they announced that uh, Lake was taking over as the head coach. So it's something that's definitely something they planned. Um, should be a definitely, if you're a dog fan, it should be a fun fun time for you because Jimmy Lake is an awesome dude. Um, was gonna get a head coach job sometime soon, regardless of because of how good he has his defenses work. Uh, so hopefully they can get working on that offense, if not get rid of that offensive coordinator and get something else going, but. Not not a bad situation for the dogs. Um, other news coming out of Washington. Uh, Wazoo's head coach Mike Leach gets an extension to 2024, making another year another five-year contract with him, making $4 million over the next contract, and then get a, a uh, retention bonus of $750,000 this contract. Uh, he, was given the con- he was given the extension after talking to Arkansas, Ole Miss, and FSU. Uh, and then other things coming in from the uh, sources uh jim levitt i think isn't it levitt i know for sure his last name uh high possibility to head to wazoo with leach uh as a defensive coordinator because they need a defensive coordinator uh back in 2015 when leach hired grinch um he wanted levitt but he, he got grinch who is now like an awesome defensive coordinator in the ncaa so could be a lot of good news coming out towards the uh, wazoo fans per uh, cougarfan.com, uh, the 24-7 site. Uh, and then, what were they looking at? And then uh, Arizona gets rid of their defensive coordinator to hire a new defensive coordinator staff. Uh, a lot of names that have been thrown out for it. Uh, I was going to write down some of the names, but it was just like, it was just ridiculous. So I was like, you know, I'll just wait to see what happens. But, um, yeah, Arizona trying to improve, trying to work to – be actually competitive in the back 12 uh should be fun and then uh the, the biggest news of them all uh clay helen is retained uh <laughs> dude i wish like as part of like our summary for this episode of podcast i could put like our our message like our text messages like a, a screenshot of our text messages like as a picture I just remember I, all I texted you was Clay Helton's being retained. I think I got like a 10 inch text message from you about like this motherfucker. And I was like, how can you be so numb to your fan base? And it's so I, I, I in all reality, like it, it's not Clay Helton's fault because who's going to walk away from millions of dollars just on their own? Nah. It's it's the administrator's fault for bringing him back. It's Mike like, Bones fault. That's who it is. Yeah. So there's actually a. um. It, it is Bones fault, but the biggest person that's at fault from uh, sources like John Wilner and uh, Ryan Abraham. Uh, John Wilner covers uh, the Pac-12, and then jo- uh, Ryan Abraham's the uh, USC football insider for 24-7. Yeah. Um, from what they were talking about, it sounds like it was a lot of it came from the president, Carol Folt. So it just it looks bad all around because Mike Bone was literally brought to come in, and everyone thought he was coming in to bring a football coach. Well, do you think a lot of it has to do, and this is something that I thought about. I didn't text you. Like, I thought about this when I saw it, and I didn't text you because I wanted to save it for this, and I wanted to hear your answer on the podcast, was do you think they kept Clay Helton because Urban Meyer said no? Not this year, maybe next year. I need so that, another year to regroup. That, that's one of the biggest things going around, but li- literally from the sounds of it, it just sounds like from, like I said, with John Wilner and, and uh, Ryan Abraham – because uh, I can't really go into it because they have their Ryan Abraham has, has his own like uh, message board every Friday he posts it's called the war room yeah and it's got a lot of information on like the super insiders and so you're not supposed to talk about that so I'm not going to talk about too deeply into that Ooh. yeah so <laughs> I, I'm just saying like I don't, I don't want to go too far into it and give away things that I'm not supposed to but uh pretty much it, it, it sounds like Carol Folt took charge of this uh, and then she told them uh that Urban wasn't going to be uh, candidate due to the f- 
Now this is a long thing, so this might take me a few minutes to get into. But there's the uh, the scandal called Varsity Blues. I don't know if you got if you heard about it or you seen anything about it, but yeah, yeah. So USC was a big front runner in that, and um, the FBI was supposed to be is supposed to be coming back and indicting more people out of the USC administrative staff. Uh, excuse me on this. So pretty much, it sounded like Fult the president wanted to retain Helton because she wanted to keep uh stability and integrity even though that's like it's 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 long past that like you I I don't think that they they retained Helton because Bonds striked out with Stoops and uh Meyer I think they retained Helton because they just truly don't understand how out of touch they are with their fan base and their alumni uh because they they had talked about it uh Ryan Abraham and John Wilner on their uh, podcast that they did this week. And it's like over half a million dollars so far uh, of donations that are not going to be going back to USC this year, this season. And that was like only like six hours worth of uh, emails. So there's definitely going to be more coming in throughout the week. So it's, it's I mean, I think keeping Clay Helton, I, I think – Firing Clay Helton costs a, a, a lot of money, but I think keeping him costs you even more because you lose lose more and more of the fan donations and uh, season ticket holders, suite holders, um, and things like that to help you build your athletic departments. So, I mean, I think whatever they, they choose, whatever I mean, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't think they did it because they struck out with coaches because literally you could have brought anyone in and as long as they had like some type of like upside to them and were a head coach somewhere else, like even an FCS, like a top FCS school, if you'd have brought a head coach from there, the USC fans would have been like, oh, what the hell? But they would have been like supportive. Like keeping the same dude for the first fifth year when he hasn't produced really much without Sam Darnold or even when he was coaching, it's, it, I, don't, I don't understand it. Like he wasn't resumed to have the job to begin with. And he survived three athletic directors now and two presidents. So it's just, I don't know. I, I just think they were so out of touch with, they thought the reaction would be a lot different than what it was. And now they're, they're seeing, I mean, now they're going to definitely see what it is when they don't have the money they used to. And their seats are a lot more empty. So I, it's, we'll see what happens. Uh, I just, I think if, if USC gets bl- not blown out, but if they lose to Iowa in that, in the, um, Holiday Bowl, it, it's it's going to be even worse because the first game of the season is Alabama, and Clay Helton's already faced Alabama back in 2016, and they got fucking blown out. So it's just the fans know what's coming, but they just and then like the biggest thing too is um, they interviewed Bond this week on one of like the USC media sites uh, for like the students, and he pretty much was blaming the fans for the recruiting and stuff like that. Instead, and like it, I don't know, they're just they're so oblivious to what the situation is that it just it, it it hurts them even more so that's why i said before that most usc fans are lsu fans right now because they got coach or john or i can't even say his name coach O from usc yeah um the offensive line coach for lsu uh came from usc the defensive line coach got fired from usc last year um then john robinson the pretty much the marvin lewis uh, of LSU, like how Marvin Lewis is to uh, Herm Edwards. Uh, they have him over there. He was a historic uh, USC coach. And now they have Marcus Allen, who is one of the greatest running backs of all time. Heisen winner out of USC, rooting for LSU. So it's just the fact that the athletic department and the university itself is so blind to that, it just uh, blows my mind. But, um, yeah, he was retained. Uh, they said that there's going to be changes done to make the team better. Really, the only changes they can do that I mean, I think fans. Well, I I I think they've lost the fans pretty much this season. But to bring some of those on the border in would be get rid of the defensive coordinator Clancy Pendergrass and get rid of the special teams coach and John Baxter, um, and then then uh, Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator, uh, interviewed at UNLV for that coaching job, UTSA for that coaching job, and then got offered like I think it was like. Three million a year to go be an OC for Texas, so it's like they have a chance of losing him, even though everyone says that he's not going to go. But I mean, 
it's I don't know, it's just just a terrible situation, but uh we'll see, we'll see how it goes cuz uh last time USC played Iowa was in the 03 Orange Bowl. I had to look at my phone to get the exact stats, but they beat them 38-17, so I mean should be a fun game, but um that's pretty much the uh, Pac-12 news I have for now. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the week goes, see if they let go of any coordinators or anything like that for USC within the upcoming weeks or if they're going to keep them to the bowl game. Um, yeah, I, I'm i interested to see what happens uh, at USC, um, especially with Clay Helton being retained. Uh, and, like, the crazy thing is, too, is that he has a chance of, of winning the Pac-12 this year because every team pretty much is going to be on the down. Yeah. And so just talent alone will help him. Maybe win. ASU? Yeah, I, I, I just – it's going to be a weird year. Um, now we'll go into the uh, – I'll just, I'll just list all the bowl games for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Um, Fiesta Bowl will be Ohio State and Clemson, like we said. Uh, January first Rose Bowl will be Wisconsin versus Oregon. That should be a fun matchup. It'll be very really fun. good. Um, and then January second Gator Bowl, Tennessee versus Indiana. That should be another good one. Uh, January first Outback Bowl, Auburn versus Minnesota. Should be an interesting one. These are all going to be pretty good games. And this is the one I'm really excited for: the January first Citrus Bowl, Alabama versus Michigan. I'm not. Michigan's going to get boat raced out of there. They could. I mean, Snake Saban's pretty mad. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I think that could be a really uh, It could be a Texas-Georgia from last year situation yeah. where Alabama just doesn't even come in motivated. So Yeah, and then Texas thinks they're back. Uh, <laughs> this is the funny one right here. December 31st, Tony the Tiger Bull. Didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Arizona State Sun Devils going against the Florida State Seminoles. <laughs> Tony the Tiger Bull. I swear to God, Tony the Tiger Bull. Where's it at? Uh, I didn't get that far into it. I didn't care that uh, much. I thought it was funny. It was called Tony the Tiger. December 31st, we also got the Alamo Bowl with Utah versus Texas. Should be a pretty uh, should be easy win for Utah. December 30th, the Red Box Bowl. So make sure you return your DVDs on time so you can pay the uh, the bowl game. Oh, it's we in El Paso. Sorry, yeah, the Tony the Tiger Bowl yeah. <laughs> is in I El Paso, it was in Texas. Texas. I can't remember where. <laughs> but then we got on the Red Box Bowl, we got Illinois versus Cal, which is a pretty even matchup. That'll should be, be a, a really, very good game. Yeah, it should be a fun one to watch. Um, the 27th of December, we've got the cheez Bowl with Wazoo versus Air Force. So, yep. you know, two terrible defenses versus each other. Uh, the 27th of December, Holiday Bowl versus Iowa. Uh, last time they played was 03 Orange Bowl. Yep, it was. Uh, 27th of December, we got the Pinstripe Bowl with Michigan State versus Wake Forest. Pretty snooze, big snooze fest there. This is the one I thought was the most interesting if Chris Peterson stays. December 21st, the Las Vegas Bowl. We got Washington versus Boise State. I think if Chris Peterson would have just finished out the season this year, that would have been an awesome headline right there because he started off in Boise State. I was think the, Chris Peterson wants to coach. So I think he said that would be awesome because he wants to stay and if the NCAA and Washington University will allow it Chris Peterson wants to coach the bowl game that would be awesome you're reading that from somewhere yeah I saw it earlier yeah Washington's Chris Peterson faces old team in bowl game so he will coach the bowl game he will yeah, he will face Boise State that'd be awesome because he had Boise State on that run back in the day with uh, Kellen Moore yeah, he, last, like, he won the Fiesta Bowl and all that. He was a yeah, coach, he, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was a coach. I think he only I think he only lost like three or four games like this tenure there. Yeah. Uh, it could be way off, but he started off there, developed himself as a as a high-tier coach with uh developing players and then took the actually interviewed at USC uh and then uh Pat Hayden such garbage, he didn't hire him and he went to Washington instead and USC took Washington's shitty coach Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, but yeah, I think that'd be a, an awesome headline if he if he's able to coach, and just if he's down there and everything like that, just to be back to where he started, I think that'd be awesome. Um, other than that, I really don't got uh, much else news wise. I I think it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting bowl season. It always is. I think there'll be some good football games. There's gonna be some blowouts, but it, I'm I'm excited to see how it pans out. I'm really Ooh. excited for tomorrow. Yeah, I am too. Hang on, one more thing. I forgot one bowl. Um, 
December 28th, Cotton Bowl is Memphis versus Penn State. Yeah, so, uh, well, I mean, the Big Ten put a lot of – I think uh, – They put a lot of teams. In I think there. I retweeted it. I either retweeted or I shared it on Facebook about uh, all the Big Ten teams being in the bowls. Like, we, we put a lot of a lot of teams in bowl games this year. Um, yeah, the Pac-12 just had too many losing record teams. Yeah, then, so. As, as, as you can see uh, – man, what was I going to say? Oh, as you as you can see with with the the conference records too, like it, they're all over the place. So it's just yeah. like it's, it's a rough year for the Pac-12. Um, hopefully, Larry Scott looks into making just an eight-game conference schedule instead of a nine-game. Nine so. nine game nine game schedules. The Big Ten went to it, self cannibalized, and then there's some years where we put twelve teams in bowl games. So yeah, but I mean, like so with like with the the Big Ten though is like um, most of the Big Ten games are at viable hours like normal hours like the pac 12 does like friday night saturday night i think they even had the one at sunday night this year it's like they they get the the crappiest slots they can and so like try and be that as, niche market they're trying to get it, into it's just like that's the only market they can get into because they don't have a dominant team like it's yeah you, it's you, they need them. oregon or usc or asu or they, they need, need somebody to be good. they need you, somebody to be dominant USC is is the team that carries the Pac-12, and which is why I, I like they broke this down when they were uh, talking about the Helton thing. Is keeping Helton is not only bad for USC, but it's bad for the Pac-12 because their media rights come out go are uh, up for renewal. I think the 2024, 2022. Yeah. And so if USC is down right now, they're going to be down for a little bit. It doesn't give the Pac-12 that selling point because if USC is great, then you have an Oregon. To, to be good right underneath them. And then you have a, um, let's say, Utah, who's another good team right underneath them. But right now all you have is just good teams in the back 12. You don't have a great team like an Ohio State. And then they have Wisconsin and Minnesota and Penn State beneath them. Like that's what makes that conference stronger. So, I mean, it, it just a terrible decision all around. I, I mean, I can go on forever about it. So <laughs> it's going to be mad. But it's pretty depressed when they announce that. Yeah, so – I think I'm good. I think that wraps up my end uh, for conference championship week. A lot of ho-hum games, kind of like how I saw them going, and then we had the one surprise in the Pac-12 for myself. Uh, yeah, it was a major surprise. I, I thought Utah, Utah was that. With Utah getting blown out. But, I mean, the top four is set. Let's get ready for, uh, I think, the first year that I can honestly say any of the four teams can win it all. Uh, yeah, I do believe it. that with Oklahoma, even Oklahoma, I think that they can if if they show up and take it. Jalen Hurts shows up, and I think Oklahoma is the one underdog out of them all. I think Clemson's overlooked. Yep, they they've been quiet all year. Granted, the ACC is probably the worst out of the Power Five, um, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be very interesting. It's, uh, it's going to be it's going to be good. exciting to watch. It's going to be definitely exciting to watch. Yeah. I mean, like the last couple of years, which has been Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, or. Alabama, Georgia, and it's going to be ex- fun to watch. I think what makes it exciting is Alabama's not in it. Not only that, but it's just one SEC team. Yep. So, so. all right, we'll see how it goes. Um, like I said, I'll see you here tomorrow night. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get Big Joe in here. We're going to record another episode. We're going to talk about Army Navy. It'll be a little bit shorter of an episode, I think. Uh, this probably about the. We might be able to get about the same time here because it depends on how long he wants to talk. Yeah, the, this episode is a little bit shorter. There's not so many games to cover, not so much to talk about. But uh, we, um, I think moving forward, I think an hour is going to be our sweet spot. Uh, yeah, especially during the off season. Off season will probably get 45 minutes to an hour. So maybe, maybe. Yeah, because so. what we can start doing is, like I said, once we. Uh, Especially with uh, early signing day coming up, that's gonna be a big one. Yeah, that's gonna be a huge one. Uh, that's probably gonna be one that's gonna take a while to to cover. But uh, recruiting, we can get into real quick uh, as the time goes on. Especially during the off season, once once the uh, national signing day is over with, it'd be even shorter because we'll just go over. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll start touching in on like college basketball. Uh, if you really don't want to cover that, I'm cool with that because Nebraska basketball sucks. <laughs> um, Who'd you guys lose to at the beginning of the year? So, yeah, this was a fun episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can't go through an episode without you getting a dig at Nebraska, man. But All right. Well, I just, hey, you need to get I, your eye I think it. they could be better than what they are. So, uh, like like we uh, forgot last week, we forgot to do this last week, but Twitter, any CFB, follow us. Uh, Facebook, any given Saturday CFB, go ahead and follow us. 
get uh good news from us email us at any given saturday cfb at gmail.com and am i missing anything else uh did you get our facebook any given saturday cfb and then uh on our twitter we're kind of like a one-stop shop for big 10 and pac 12 news we kind of retweet any kind of news out of there Yo. so go ahead and follow us check us out yeah, we follow all the all the twenty four seven insiders, um, local newspapers from those areas to try to get you the most up to date news with that. Um, if I'm not doing it, then Mark's doing it. So yep. And if you, uh, I'll put this out there. Um, if you give us a hashtag Nebraska Trojan, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast uh, by name, and we'll we'll get you out there. So give us a shout out. Check us out. Uh, we love you guys, and go Big Red. Yep. And we're all we're on all the major marketing areas our podcast sites so make sure you give us a follow give us a download and uh continue to listen to us fight on